You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Minnesota Wild are playing well and continue to surge in the standings in the NHL's Western Conference. They take on the Calgary Flames at the XL Energy Center on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, and then uh, ultimately go right back on the road with the state hockey tournament, taking over the XL Energy Center on Wednesday with 1A, and then uh, the 2A, the big schools, take over on Thursday. Games begin at 11 a.m. World, the number one seed in the 1A tournament on Wednesday. Minnetonka, the number one seed in the 2A tournament starting on Thursday, and and we'll run through that bracket. I'll I'll make a couple of predictions. I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but uh, uh, the Wild home against Calgary, brief homestand. Sarah McClellan joins us from the Star Tribune on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Sarah, always appreciate the time. Good to visit with you. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, good. Good on this Monday night, sitting in for Henry Lake here on uh, the Lake Show, and I, I know we, we touched base on Saturday against that game before Calgary when you're in Canada. They get the Flames again, and we, we touched on it, the, the goaltending, and Philip Gustafson has, has just been unbelievable. It, it Maybe it's the story of the year at this point for the Wild. His breakout performance for sure has really, I think, been one of the headlines for this season, and you're right, he, he's coming off another strong airtight performance, 31 saves against the Flames on Saturday to backstop the Wild to a 3-0 win. Obviously, he was named the third star of the NHL uh, today after going 2-0, obviously, including that that one shutout, but obviously overall stopping 70 of 71 shots. Um, A very impressive season for him. He's expected to be back in net tomorrow against the Calgary for the rematch, the second half of this home and home for the wild. And uh, you look at his numbers and he's really at near the top of the league, you know, in terms of save percentage, in terms of goals against average, you know, he he's basically doesn't give up more than two goals a game. It seems like in the majority of his starts, he's really giving them the type of goaltending that I think has really been able to shine with the defense in front of him Uh, we've kind of seen you know a throwback to you know the style that I think the wild franchise has been synonymous with for years especially after its inception and it's just that shut down defense first style where this is a team that seems to be built from its crease out and you just kind of see that partnership really gel together this season in terms of the play in front of him the boxing out the shot blocking coupled with his style, it, it's really been a combination that obviously has led to a lot of points for the Wild this season. Yeah, and he, he was a guy uh, who was good enough to be in the NHL, but when 
they moved on from Cam Talbot. It was clearly Marc-Andre Fleury, and he would be the backup. And you, know, you can never predict what the load would be, but you thought the, the split would probably be for every, you know, three games Marc-Andre Fleury played that, that Gustafson would, 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 you know, play one. But uh, as, as it's turned out, he has been terrific. And, and, and the, the Flowers played better as of late, and that's huge. Uh, you're, you're not going to get on a deep playoff run without great goaltending, and it's only March, but they are getting very good goaltending. Yeah, Fleury's won his last three starts too. Yeah. So that's really been, you know, a key catalyst, I think, for their for their performance of late. Obviously, uh, you know, going on a, a nine game point streak, uh, going into that game tomorrow against the Flames. And you're right, I, I think they're both gonna continue to play. That's obviously kind of been, you know, the lay of the land so far this season. They're both getting their minutes. Uh, and they've both been capitalizing on it lately. So I, I could see that type of duo continuing in net, especially lately where, like I said, the Wild is just, no matter who's been in net, they've been pretty clean in their own end and really limited what they've given the opposition. So uh, the trade deadline is come and gone. Uh, Bill Guerin was active, and you did a piece about uh, the, the the new guys coming together and, and joining the club as they get ready for the Flames tomorrow night? Yeah, you know, it looks like they'll have another debut tomorrow uh, with Oscar Sundquist jumping into the lineup. Uh, he wasn't able to make it to Calgary over the weekend to debut when um, John Klingberg made his first appearance since his trade. Um, but it looks like Sundquist will be able to draw in tomorrow. He's expected to play with Marcus Foligno and Frederick Goudreau. You know, I think the line that could really, uh, you know, cause some havoc in the opposition's end, especially on the forecheck, you look at the size that Sundquist offers um, and that combination with Foligno. I think they play very similar games, um, you know, being able to be physical and, and use their size and, and get in on the forecheck. Um, but also be responsible in their own end. So he's expected to play tomorrow, and obviously he would be the third player of four that have been acquired recently by the Wilds to draw in. Gustav Nyquist is the other player, but he's hurt. He's still on the men for from a shoulder injury suffered in January. Uh, but he's around the team. He arrived in the Twin Cities last night. Uh, he was you know, with the team today, took part in the team picture, and so he's in his recovery, but he wants to be around the team, get integrated, um, kind of learn about the systems, the plans for him to go on uh, their upcoming three-game road trip to San Jose and Arizona and St. Louis and, and get familiar with the team. So, um, you know, you can see now after all that turnover and some new faces coming in, they're starting to work their way in. And you can see it on the ice too. Uh, you know, obviously Marcus Johansson, um, he's he's played a couple games now. He had an assist uh, in that Calgary win over the weekend. His line had a couple of goals. Um, and John Klingberg was on the ice for all three goals, too, from the blue line. So um, the changes are starting to settle in. And as I said, yeah, Sunquist should be the next to draw in. Yeah, and there is importance in it. You think, well, there are hockey players and they jump together. But, you know, the, there is this, this part of, you know, these guys do spend a lot of time and when the group is, is broken up and, and there's change and uh, Jordan Greenway was, was sent to the Buffalo Sabres and, and some new guys step in, there is an adjustment period. 
and the Wild really can't afford, you know, to get a bump in the road where they don't get points in three in a row. They, they still can't afford that. And, you know, to keep the train rolling, so to speak. So, so getting everybody in and, you know, here's how things work around here is very important. And a lot of these guys have, have been through it and been through the drill because it's the nature of the business. Yeah, been traded before or yep. yeah, just picking up the nuances of, of a team system. I mean, the the object is the same no matter what team you're oh, on, sure. but there are changes, you know, systematically. And so I think just, yeah, for, for Sunquist today, he got a practice in. Um, Nyquist is going to be around the team. So, yeah, I think that, that get acclimated period is key because you're right. It, it is March and, you know, there's less than 20 games left in the regular season. Um, time is running out to gel and to click and kind of have a team rolling going into the playoffs, especially a team like the wild where that rhythm has been there lately. So I think, yeah, kind of making this as smooth of a transition as possible is key um, to have these, you know, new players come in and make an impact. Yeah, and we, we, we visited about this on Saturday, and it's even more apparent that the, the Wild have another opportunity to uh, deliver a big blow to the Calgary Flames and their chances of getting to the postseason. We're, we're almost getting to the point now with Dallas, Minnesota, and Colorado, the top three in the Central, and then Vegas, L.A., and Seattle, the top three in the Pacific, and Edmonton and Winnipeg, pretty firmly in the top two wild card. Now there, there could be movement among those eight clubs, but you know, from, from Winnipeg down to Nashville is already six points and then Calgary, another seven back. So, I mean, Calgary is one of those clubs that's really in a tough spot at the moment. Yeah. If the likes of Calgary and Nashville don't start to yep. pick up points in a hurry, it could, you know, really solidify the top eight teams in your right. Maybe it's just a matter of figuring out seeding. You know, the thing that is worth keeping in mind is Nashville does have games at hand um, pretty much on most of the teams they're trailing. You know, they've only played 60 games, whereas most teams have played 63 or 64. So there is, you know, a chance there for, for them to bank some points. But for Calgary, um, it could get grim for them in a hurry if, if they don't start to start to bang some wins they're actually in action tonight at dallas so this will be at the second half of a back-to-back for them uh to come into minnesota obviously and play tuesday night but looking at that performance on saturday you expected a desperate hockey team and i i think you know that vibe is probably there for them but just the wild played a pretty textbook road game on Saturday and it just kind of was quintessential for them how it's been going lately just to be patient not give up much defensively be really tight but pounce on those offensive opportunities when they're there and it was a one nothing game for pretty much most of the game but in the third period when the chances were there they capitalized to obviously run away from Calgary so um, you know, a couple games since then for, for the Flames, obviously playing in Dallas, that one more game to go into Minnesota tomorrow, um, that intensity and urgency should be even higher considering the circumstances, you'd think. Yeah, and, and the Wild know that at this time of year, their building is busy. There's uh, the Girls' State Hockey Tournament that comes in. The Wild uh, sprinkle in a home game here and there then the state wrestling tournament, and now the boys' state hockey tournament. So year in and year out, the Wild know the deal that they're going to have a lot of road games end of February, early March. Yeah, you know what? I think if you look at how they started at the beginning of the season on the road, 
they did really well. And then there was yeah. obviously that dip kind of before the all-star break coming out of the all-star break, but they turned it around on these last couple road trips, a couple of sweeps. So you're right. It's a very road heavy schedule to close, but the way they've been playing um, and the way that their style is, I think it kind of suits being the visiting team. And if they can keep that momentum going, you know, the, the fact that they're on the, on the road a lot to close out the regular season shouldn't intimidate them because they've had a lot of success there of late. Well, Sarah, always good to visit with you. Uh, Thanks so much for the time. And, of course, Sarah McClellan's work online, startribune.com, or in the paper as well. Love reading the Sunday paper. Uh, it's still one of the great joys, getting up, checking out the Sunday paper, the the, the real deal. Uh, Sarah, uh, once again, uh, right back out on the road, uh, Calgary. And speaking of back-to-backs, uh, Calgary Tuesday night at Winnipeg on Wednesday night. And, and that. That's a wonderful rivalry, and Winnipeg's got a good club. Yeah, that'll be another tight game, I'd expect, because Winnipeg, even though they're still in a playoff spot, um, I, I think there's going to be some urgency from them, too, to see if they can kind of widen their lead and get more of a tighter grip on a spot. All right, Sarah, take care. Take care, Steve. All right, Sarah McClellan from the Star Tribune. That road trip then on to San Jose, they're in Arizona, then come back to the Midwest and take on the Blues downriver in St. Louis. So after Calgary tomorrow night, the Wild not back on home ice until Saturday afternoon, the 18th. Uh, that is a matinee. And they got back-to-back matinees that weekend on the 18th and 19th. Uh, the Bruins and the Caps come to town. Uh, that'll be interesting. Love those matinees. It's good for the kids. 818 here at News Talk. E3LWCCO. Thanks again to Sarah McClellan joining us, a wild beat writer for the Star Tribune. Flames in town tomorrow night. Timberwolves in town tomorrow night as well. Sixers in, pregame 6.30, tip just after 7 o'clock. Cal Soderquist turns it over to Alan Horton here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO State Hockey Tournament. Brought it up with Sarah, so it'll be wild Wednesday night. Then they get ready for the state tournament on Wednesday, 1A boys tournament gets started and this this is the big one uh the volleyball tournament's phenomenal at the x in the fall uh prep bowl at u.s bank stadium's really cool but uh this is the big one this is the one that draws a lot of attention from around the country and around the uh, around the continent here's the bracket 1a starting at 11 a.m um on Thursday at the Exxon Energy Center, number two, Hermantown against Laverne at 1 o'clock, number three, Matamidi against Alexandria, and then at six, number one, Warroad takes on St. Cloud Cathedral, and then in the nightcap, number four, Orono uh, battles Northfield. Uh, Warroad, the number one seed for a reason. Uh, Matamidi could give Hermantown trouble in the semifinals, uh, and I think Orono could give Warroad trouble, but I'm thinking all Northern final in 1A on Saturday afternoon at noon, uh, Warroad and Hermantown in that one. That's just my thought up front uh, with all due respect to the other teams in the tournament. 2A tournament starting on Thursday. Uh, the early game, Creighton Durham Hall against number two Maple Grove, the defending runner-up. And then uh, number three, Dinah takes on Moorhead at 1 o'clock. Uh, and uh, 
Dennis had a rock-solid year, beat a good Wyzetta team in the section final. Number one, Minnetonka survived a scare, beating Chan Hassan in the section final. In two overtimes, they take on Hill Murray. And then in the nightcap, defending champ and over the number four, takes on number five, Lakeville South. This sets up great for the defending champs. I think they'll win the nightcap on Thursday, and I think they have a good shot to take down the Skippers in the semifinals. Earlier in the day, I think it's going to be Edina and Maple Grove getting to the semifinals. I think we could see a rematch. Maple Grove and Andover on Saturday night for all the marbles in 2A. How about that? Uh Last year's title game is about as good as it gets. All right, Chris Tubbs, we've got NBA, we've got NHL, we've got college hoops ton going on. What do you got? Yeah, just uh, that's the beginning of March Madness. And again, that is the, that's the creme de la creme, as they would say, of, of all of these state tournaments that we have because it's, I mean, we're the self-proclaimed state of hockey. And, I mean, the state hockey tournament, you're right, it, it is nationwide. Like everybody, this is when people are paying attention to, the boys hockey, even if they don't know anything about it, it's like boys hockey, Minnesota. You know, people know about that. Let's get to some men's college basketball. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, the West Coast Conference uh, semifinal. You've got 16th ranked St. Mary's right now. They are up on BYU 14 to 8, halfway through the first half there. Uh, you've got the other semifinal later on tonight is going to be Gonzaga. Ninth ranked Bulldogs, they are hosting San Francisco. Uh, women's basketball tonight, uh, also in the West Coast uh, Conference semifinal, Gonzaga over BYU 79-64. The Mountain West uh, quarter, UNLV knocked off Nevada and 7th-ranked UConn over Villanova, 10th-ranked uh, Villanova in the Big East final. So that's what we have. And, of course, yesterday, uh, Caitlin Clark did Caitlin Clark things as Iowa, the Hawkeyes, uh, no problem with uh, Iowa State, or uh, not Iowa, uh, Ohio State, rather, 105-72. to 72. So, uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, just your uh, 30.10 rebound, 17 assist, triple-double for the best player in the conference and uh, one of the best players in the nation. Yeah, uh, and a quick tip of the cap again to what happened over the weekend at Target Center in the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament. Record attendance. Great job by the city of Minneapolis. And Iowa, we couldn't have done it without you. Thanks for coming to town and spending all that money. Yeah, we uh, we rewarded you with a Big Ten championship that, you know, your uh, your team has earned. Let's get to the uh, the NBA here, Stevie T. Uh, just uh, we got one second left to go in regulation. Now less than a second. Looks like this game uh, could go to overtime, but there has been a shooting foul called on Cleveland. Cleveland and the Celtics are tied at 109. Eight tenths of a second left to go in that. And it uh, looks like uh, Lamar Stevens for Cleveland has committed a shooting foul. So we'll keep an eye on that. Tomorrow's opponent for the Timberwolves, the Philadelphia 76ers. Right now they are up on Indiana, 134 to 129. Joel Embiid, 36 points in that for Philadelphia. Be interesting to see how far the Sixers, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they didn't get a chance to rest guys tonight, so it'll be interesting to see how they come into Target Center tomorrow night. Uh, the Hawk- yeah, could we see load management? I'd be okay with load management. No Harden, no Embiid, <laughs> yeah. no Ben Simmons, no Dr. J, no Moses Malone. You know, sit all those guys. 
Yeah. No Alan Dr. I- J. Dr. J. No Alan I- Iverson. You know. I-, I-, I love Dr. J. Way back machine, NBA on CBS. Um, Dick Stockton calling the games from the Spectrum in Philadelphia. Yes. Dr. J. I love that because really, way back in the day, those that was the only NBA we saw in these parts. Was was a game of the week? Oh yeah, because I mean there there was there was nothing here. It's absolutely yeah here. Yeah, I mean way way back in the day, and and Doctor J was on a ton, so I was a huge Doctor J guy. So I mean, well, it doesn't look like the uh, Sixers are going to be bringing Doctor J, but uh, the Sixers <laughs> have opened up an eight point lead, one thirty seven. To 129. Nine and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. The Heat and the Hawks are tied at 100. Uh, Former Timberwolves legend Jimmy Buckets, 18 points tonight for the uh, Miami Heat. The Raptors up on the Nuggets early, 26 to 20. Uh, The Pelicans and the Kings Trailblazers uh, knock off the Pistons earlier on tonight. Uh, How about this for Dame Lillard? 31 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists. Dame Dollar does it again and he has been a one-man wrecking crew for Portland because they desperately needed that win to keep themselves on the fringe of the playoff talk in the Western Conference. Uh, let's get to the NHL here, Steve, because they just got done talking with Sarah McClellan. The Wild are back in action tomorrow at the X. Uh, here's what we've got right now. The Oilers are up on the Sabres 2-1. to one. Second intermission, Sharks and Jets tied at 1, just starting the third. Uh, Flames are shutting out the Stars 1 to nothing. Mentioned the Calgary Flames. They need to get something going because they are about on the edge of uh, playoff oh, yeah. contention as well. Uh, the Senators, Blackhawks are scoreless. Predators and Canucks, Capitals and the uh, L.A. Kings. That is all coming up a little bit later on tonight. All right, very good. Uh, did Real quickly, back to the association. Did you hear about uh, the Giannis Triple double. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about that because I saw the video of him and getting the triple double. I'm like, oh, that is, uh, you know, it's it's like Ice Cube in you know today was a good day. It's like you know you know messed around got a triple double. I'm like Giannis, dude. You know, yeah, come it, on. And, and I'm glad, you know, because tongue and cheeky said he stole one. Basically, he had a chance to get a triple double. Went down. Did a poor job of missing a shot mm-hmm. to get the own rebound to get the triple double in the NBA. Said, no, 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 you can't throw the ball up, hit the bottom of the rim, <laughs> call it a board, and we're not counting that as a triple double. I mean, it, no one's too riled up about it. No, but... it's. I, I think the thing is like Giannis is such a good-hearted person. Like when you oh, do yeah. it, you're like, oh, that's just Giannis. I mean, like if Russ Westbrook does it. Oh, man, it's like, oh, he's just a stat whore. Look at him. He's just trying to pat. It's like, oh, that's just Giannis being Giannis. You know, it's just, it's it's goofiness because I think people like Giannis. I think it's who did it, right? Like, to me, it's like, eh, okay, not a big deal. It is really goofy the way that it happened, though. Yeah, it, it, was, it was goofy. He kind of admitted it. You know, and on site, you know, technically the on site statistician is like, well, technically he did miss the shot. And technically, it was a rebound, and the NBA kind of steps in and goes, no, 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 no. And does does it really matter? You, you got to check out the video. It, it's actually kind of hilarious. It, it is hilarious. It's it's like yeah. somebody, it, It's you would see that playing pickup ball at the local Y is what you would do. 
Yeah, and it's almost worse than that because you got to be super skilled to pull off what he did, you know, to to, to get that alleged triple double. Hey, I'm not hey, every, angry. Every, every every stat matters yeah. when you're battling Nikola Jokic for uh, MVP. Like every stat matters. Yeah, and and I don't think it, this impedes the integrity of the game. I'm not outraged no, in a bit. No. It's just one of those that that's kind of funny at the end of the day all right yeah no it was it wasn't done maliciously it was done more for giggles yeah and i'm sure he probably knew at the time there's no way this stands and and ultimately the nba did step in uh we're, we're gonna get back to the nfl and a little bit more about the uh, nfl players association survey we know the minnesota vikings did very well how they treat their players, facilities, etc. We're going to do a deeper dive on that. And what the players are, are saying about some of the teams in the NFL, pretty interesting. We'll get into that in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. We, we touched on this the last time I was in for Henry. And, and what was that, Thursday night? I think it was. Yeah, I was in for yeah. Henry here in the Lake Show. Yeah, I was Because Henry worked earlier in the day for Chad, who was somewhere warm uh, mm-hmm. on a good neighbor tour. And I, I thought this was really cool. And, and I'm glad producer Chris Tubbs brought this back. But this is the NFL Players Association survey. And when we talked about it last Thursday night, it was how well the Vikings did. They've got... You know, the TCO Performance Center and owners that are committed. And they brought in Kevin O'Connell. And um, they got a lot of high marks for the things they're doing uh, for for the players. And and that that's certainly good. But there's the other side of all of this, Chris Tubbs. Some of these are just unbelievable. Ooh, the, the dark side. The dark side of the NFLPA survey. Ooh. Sur- now, now remember. Survey says- yeah. Now, now remember, this is the richest league in the history of sport. I mean, they they have billions. The teams are worth billions with a B. Um, the owners are, for the most part, or I think all of them are billionaires. Well, anyway, some of these things stand out as being like, <laughs> really? I I mean, it's you, you kind of think it's. I don't want to say it's bordering on slumlordish, but I'm like, I, I hear some of this. I'm like, this can't be real. Like, there's no way these are real. Like, this yeah. NFL NFL franchises should not have the same problem as my first apartment coming out of college. Okay, yeah. There's something in those those two. They don't line up. Yeah, and it, this was this was a, a great piece at uh, CBS Sports. Dot com. Now, we all know Daniel Snyder, terrible owner. I, I don't want to spend any time He's on him. He's a nincompoop. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to spend any time because there's some other things that stand out. The, the one to me that is absolutely mind-boggling is what, what the Arizona Cardinals are pulling. That typically at these facilities like TCO Performance Center in Egan and before that at, at Winter Park in Eden Prairie, uh, the the Vikings have what amount to be a cafeteria, dining room, whatever you want to call it, okay. where 
where, where there's nutrition. You, you want the players well-fed. You want them eating the right things. And you would think as a team you would want to to create quality meals and quality food. Well, you need a, nutri- a, a nutritionist, like a nutritionist is. A- absolutely. I, I, I mean, it's you should have one of those on staff because – you, you've, you've got you know you got to help the players you know with their calories and whatnot absolutely yeah. good good quality food yeah. fruits veggies quality meats interesting dishes and you would think these players that you're you're spending a ton of money on and have a ton invested in that if they wanted to bring that home and enjoy a meal or beyond that even feed their family you think you would be all in remember they're billionaires and make tens of millions of dollars on these franchises. Well, the Arizona Cardinals, um, they'll take it out of your check. You can bring food home, but we're taking it out of your check. You can't check. even take a doggy bag if you work for the Cardinals. I like, mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're better off going through a drive-thru oh. and getting something. You, you could go to, like, a McDonald's and get a, you know, get, like, a you know quarter pounder or chicken McNugget meal and bring it home and, and not get charged the way that the Cardinals are charging their players for food. And, and then uh, on top of it, it's it's if if you eat a meal at work during the season, yeah. they'll pick up the tab. But if you're at the facility in the off season, <laughs> oh, you got to pay for that. Come on, plus their food, plus their food was ranked dead last. Like you're asking them to pay extra to uh. take crappy food home. I mean, it's not even good food. Yeah, that that is so bad. <laughs> I mean, now there like, there are oh. other ones oh, that that get into the slumlord deal. Um, at, at the top of the list in the CBS sports story, uh, ap- apparently they got a bad rat problem Ugh. at the old Gator yeah. Bowl down in Jacksonville. And they've remodeled it a number of times, the home of the Jags. I, I guess it's bad. Now it's Florida, and I'll leave that there. But um, <laughs> Maybe Ron DeSantis can do something about the rat problem. I, They're maybe, wo- if they were woke maybe, rats, they'd get rid of them. Uh, maybe, uh, but it, it it sounds pretty bad. You know the the plumbing in Cincinnati is is also another one that that stands out. The plumbing, uh, yeah, the plumbing in Cincinnati uh, ranked as the sixth worst overall team, and we've heard over the years Cincinnati and the Bengals, you know, are cheap. Like like they didn't even supply players towels like after showers. Like players had to bring their own towels. Well, I mean, how that, about that this? One, the, the showers and toilets are not consistently working. Um, they don't have outlets in their <laughs> lockers to charge devices. It, it is indeed 2023. Um, I, I, I think <laughs> it's it's not like it's, it's. But I mean, out of all the teams to see on this list, I mean, is it really surprising that we see the Bengals? I mean, or the Jaguars. Or the Jaguars. I mean, at least, you know, like the cons, it, it kind of surprises me. But, you know, with, with the rats. But, yeah, that might be the environment with Florida. But it's like Bengals. I'm sorry, but if you've got large men and you don't have working showers or toilets, I'm not very smart. But that doesn't seem like a good idea. That seems like it should be a priority. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. And if you can't charge your cell phone, or I, I mean, th- th- these are like necessities, right? I mean, you need working showers, and you wor- need working toilets, and you need outlets inside the facility. 
Yeah, absolutely. Back to Daniel Snyder for a moment. Washington Commanders finished dead last in the series. By all accounts, FedEx field a dump. Uh, There's there's just a lot of problems with the Commanders on and off of the field. Now back to food. This is another one from the survey that stood out. Uh, The Colts, middle of the pack among the 32 teams. But... The food was considered among the worst. As a matter of fact, we talked about how cheap Arizona was yeah. charging players for food. I guess players in this uh, Players Association survey said it's so bad, many bring their own food uh, to eat at the facility. What? Yeah. When, yep. when yep. you, it's so bad. That how, they got to bring their own food. How up. can you not like? I, I remember when when the Super Bowl was up here, uh, and it was like fifty two, and they had the taste of the NFL. Like every, like every, um, it's like every team was represented with like food from their region. Like, why can you not? If if you're going to represent yourself at the taste of the NFL, how yeah. can you not have a quality chef in house? Like. I, I well, can't like this, Steve. These are just like mind-numbing, common-sense things that NFL teams would be able to, you know, plunk out someone. I'm pretty sure you've got good chefs in Indianapolis. Well, a- absolutely, it's it, it's a great food town. I I I've stayed downtown. A lot of cool places to eat. Downtown Indianapolis is underrated. It it it's it's a good spot to visit. But here, bigger picture. What do, what do we see on this list among these teams rated low, you know, very low among the NFL Players Association? Quality of food, mm-hmm. availability of food, working showers and plumbing. I mean, once again, if you're in a business where you're trying to attract free agents or retain free agents, th- those are easy. Though you You would think those would be really easy. I mean, it's one thing if if you got a bad team or had a bad year, uh, coaching staff, or you're talking about tens of millions of dollars to upgrade the facility per se like they have out at TCO Performance Center in Egan. But you can still have decent food, and you can still have hot water, yeah. and you can still have showers. At, you know what I'm saying? The, these are, these How are hard all, is it to put outlets in the lock? The, these are very controllable. Absolutely. Like, y- these, yeah, this these, is nickel and dime stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is this is Bush League. Come on. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it, it's just like, you know what? It, it makes me glad that I never declared for the NFL. Yeah, well. I, I I think ultimately for what these guys make on the flip side, I, I could maybe put up with rats or bad food for, for the payday. You How know? do you know there's not a connection between the two? <laughs> yeah. I know. You, you, yeah, there, 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 there could be. I mean, you could there, solve there two could problems be. at once, Steve. I, I guess the NFL minimum and you put up with some bad food and some rats. Um, might might be worth the trade up. All right, quick break. We'll put a wrap on it. Uh, the Lake Show, Stephen for Henry tonight. Chris Tubbs, our producer extraordinaire, here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Cool story. An Olympic sport. Distance running. Alicia Munson from Amory, Wisconsin. Then went on to the University of Wisconsin. She's been an Olympian. Uh, she set 
an American record finishing second in the 10,000 meters in a meet out in uh, San Juan Capistrano, California on Saturday. It was Munson's second American record in three weeks. On February 11th, she broke the record in the indoor 3,000 meters. How about that? So two American records for a runner from Amory, Wisconsin, just east of the cities over the St. Croix. And uh, and, the, and the reason I know about it, I, I work with her mom in the printing business during the week, and she keeps me up to date. And we've had Alicia on the radio before, and she's super busy. She trains out in Boulder, Colorado. She's been to the Olympics. Her goal is to get back to Paris, but really uh, a cool story. And congrats to her, and we'll continue to follow uh, her progress. Big thanks to all our guests joining us on the program tonight, uh, including Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, uh, Sarah McClellan covering the Wild for the Star Tribune, and Dan Hayes who covers the Twins for the Athletic. Big thanks to Chris Tubbs. Our producer, always fun to work with Chris. The time just flies by. Uh, known this guy for a long time, and it's always fun to sit in. Uh, Henry Lake due back tomorrow night before and after the Timberwolves and the Sixers here on News Talk E3O-WCCO. Twins back at it. Play the Orioles tomorrow at noon. Uh, they had the day off down in the Grapefruit League. we got all the news coming up at 9 here on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 